Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know, wherever you get podcasts. All this week, Tanzina Vega is in Puerto Rico, reporting on how attitudes on the island have shifted since Hurricane Maria. Today, she brings us an interview with a controversial figure who's been fighting for Puerto Rico for five decades. One way to describe Puerto Rico's relationship with the United States is complicated. Historically, Puerto Ricans have considered two options for the future status of their island, statehood or the status quo. But one thing we hear less about is independence, including the Puerto Ricans who have long fought back against American colonization. And one of the most well-known and controversial figures in this fight is Oscar Lopez Rivera. I cannot accept colonialism. I will fight colonialism until my last breath. Even in New York, which has one of the largest populations of Puerto Ricans outside the island, emotions ran high on whether and how to honor Lopez Rivera during last year's annual Puerto Rican Day Parade. To many, Lopez Rivera is an icon, a freedom fighter, and a former political prisoner. To others, he's a terrorist. Rivera was a member of the Fuerzas Armadas de Liberación Nacional Puertorriqueña, the FALN, a leftist paramilitary organization that fought for Puerto Rican independence from the United States. And the group was responsible for setting off more than 120 bombs nationwide in the 70s and 80s. In 1981, Lopez Rivera was arrested and charged with seditious conspiracy against the United States government and sentenced to 55 years in prison, which was later extended to 70 years. Twelve of those years were spent in solitary confinement. Then, in 2017, President Obama commuted Lopez Rivera's sentence. He was released just prior to Hurricane Maria, and he says he's never stopped working. I sat down with Lopez Rivera in his office for a one-on-one conversation, and we began by talking about the responsibility of the Puerto Rican diaspora in fighting for the future of the island. Puerto Rico has to be the promised land for all Puerto Ricans. At this particular moment, what we need most is the help that they can give Puerto Rico because we faced a crisis that I had hoped I would never see in my life. What crisis are you referring the, to? The crisis is the conditions in Puerto Rico. We're not creating any jobs. The school system is completely collapsing. Cost of living in Puerto Rico is higher than in the United States. How important do you think our relationship to the United States is right now? Well, the United States has never really cared about Puerto Rico. There's no sign for 120 years showing us that the United States really cares about Puerto Rico. The only thing that the United States cares is to continue exploiting the hell out of Puerto Rico. Historically, historically, it has not done anything. If we look at what has happened in Puerto Rico for 120 years, and a lot of people do not, do not know this, but we have been used for the worst experiments that anyone can imagine. We have suffered the worst pollution that anyone can imagine. If we look at uh, how Puerto Rico's used, how Puerto Rico got into a debt of $74 billion, we don't know. But the United States government, who should be doing the work, the fiduciary work, and, and holding people responsible, because we don't have the, the power to do that. And we don't and have the power because... We're a colony. People don't understand what colonialism really is. Colonialism takes every power from the colonized. Historically, historically, we have not been allowed. We have not been allowed 
to really, really develop our human resource to a maximum and use the human resource that we develop. A good example is when they privatized the hospitals in Puerto Rico, many of the doctors lost their jobs because privatization is a question of making money. It's not about providing medical services. So once that happens, once that happens, the, the, the patient becomes a commodity. When we look at the infrastructure, the conditions of the hospitals in Puerto Rico, and they were privatized, those, those hospitals were not in shape to deal with the conditions created by Maria. But they were not in shape to deal with the conditions, period, before Maria. So, so we are talking about neglect, we're talking about responsibilities. We're talking about crimes. We're talking about ugly, ugly crimes. Because if we look at the number of people who died after Maria, that, those are crimes. In a colonial situation, the options are very, very, very limited. When we, uh, I'll give you a good example. We talk about renewable energy. If we use solar power, we have enough solar power to make Puerto Rico completely self-sufficient in energy. But they don't see it because they don't know it. So it takes a while. We need to create examples, show them that it's viable and that it can be done. So not knowing, not knowing the potential that is there, it affects us because you, we, we need for the people to know exactly, exactly what the potential is, to feel the strength, to feel, hey, I can do that, I can use it, I can, I can work with that, and this is a solution to the problem. I feel like I'm starting to hear that from mm-hmm. people here, where they're saying, you know what, we knew the United States wasn't going to help us, we didn't have a lot of faith in our local governments mm-hmm. here in, in Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. so we said... Let's do it ourselves. And there seems to be, now this could also be just the first year after Maria where, you know, there's still a lot of emotions running high and people are still feeling very energized politically. But there does, at least now, appear to be a sense of we got this, we're going to build it, we're Puerto Ricans, you know, vamos a ayudar, we're going to help each other, right? Yes, yes. I think I think there is there is the cleanup in Puerto Rico is done by Puerto Ricans. A lot of the work in my hometown in San Sebastián, the mayor of San Sebastián, he took all the retired workers from from the energy company and said we're going to wire the the, the thing we're going to have electricity, and he did. So so what you're saying is very very true. People feel confident of the work. They've they've done it, they know how to do it, and and it's great. But is that leading to, do you see this being a new movement, a sustainable movement of Puerto Mm. Rican what? Independence? Because Mm. I know that that was, you know, really the the focus of your work, and Mm -hmm. we want to talk Mm -hmm. a little bit about Mm -hmm. whether you think that your work was effective Mm -hmm. or not, ultimately. Mm -hmm. But is this the beginning of something new? And if so, what is that? in your eyes, um, for the Puerto Rican community? I, I think that we have to take this moment and run with it. People don't have the confidence yet to say, we can do all. And we need to inculcate that into people's head, you know, that all it takes is to think that it is possible, doable, and it can be done. The the thing that I emphasize most is that when we talk to Puerto Ricans, the majority of Puerto Ricans love being Puerto Rican. 
when I talk to Puerto Ricans, they love the Puerto Rican culture, love our national identity, language, and our way of life, because we are uh, a happy people. So I think that the challenge is, where does that love take us? And I think that if we have love for Puerto Rico, the, the love that we have then has to manifest itself in the decolonization process. I, I, I believe that Puerto Rico has the potential of being a self-sustaining nation. How, I, though? Well, simple. How? I, I, I'll, give you, I'll give you a good example. An independent Puerto Rico will give us 9 to 12 miles of seawater. The fishing industry in Puerto Rico, people who fish in Puerto Rican waters are not Puerto Ricans because we don't have the equipment. But we can do it. We can take that water and we can create the cooperatives and be almost as sustainable just with the fish. Hawaiians do it. And Hawaiians have the, the fishing ponds. We can do the same. Hawaii is now a state, though. Yeah, but we can do what we know best. And we know how to fish. We know the waters. If we're told that we cannot do it, we are not allowed to do it. And that's the problem. We're not being allowed to do what we need to do. So I'm saying... I'm saying to you, I'm saying to everybody that we can do whatever needs to be done to be self, self sustainable. So politically, do you think there is a future chance with this momentum? And you said if people grab on, and I'm going to think both in the mainland diaspora and on the island, if they take advantage of this moment, you honestly believe that we could be headed towards independence? Yes. Is that realistic? Well, I, I don't know how realistic things are, but I, I'm, always, I'm always hopeful. Independence has to be total independence. Uh, independence has to be something where people really, really participate. The idea of struggling for independence is a struggle where the people have to be engaged in every aspect of life. It is when people are being denied the ability to feel that power. And one of the things in Puerto Rico is the idea of dependence, 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 dependence was cultivated so deep as part of the colonization process that people started believing that they could not they could not do things independently. The only thing that is impossible in this world is that that doesn't get done. And if we work at it, if we have the courage and the strength and the guts to, to really work and say, we can do it, we can do it. When you look at what happened, you there are people that think you're a hero, there are people that will criticize you and say that you're a traitor. When you look at your work, your history, and you look at where we are today, do you think what you did was worth it? Would you do it again? Mm. I mean, because you did a lot. Mm. You know, that was 12, 13 mm. years in solitary mm. confinement. Mm. You, you know, uh, mm. were accused and, and convicted of certain activities with the U.S. Mm. government, of conspiracy to mm. overthrow. I mean, those are not small things. Mm-hmm. Was it worth it when you wake up today and say, mm. Here's where we are in Puerto Rico. Well, I, I think that the work and what we did and what I did allow us to see that we can do a lot of things. Now, would I do the same thing that I did before? Experience tells me. If you make a, make a mistake, don't repeat it. For me, it's not only a struggle for the independence of Puerto Rico, but also for a better and more just world. And I'm willing to pay the price. Uh, there's no, no, there's no doubt in my mind about that either. 
That's Oscar Lopez Rivera, a longtime Puerto Rican independence nationalist and former political prisoner. Tomorrow, we bring you a special hour from Puerto Rico as the island commemorates those lost in Hurricane Maria, which made landfall one year ago. <laughs>